Welcome or welcome back to Lights On Podcast. If you like what you hear, please tap into your generosity, rate us five star, and share. I'm your host, Mitra Manesh. I'm a mindfulness storyteller and educator. I teach at UCLA's Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior Mindful Awareness Research Center. I'm also the founder of InnerMap, an innovative new mindfulness app. And I've been the coach to many knowns and unknowns of the world for the past 35 years, helping them to love, live, and lead more mindfully, joyfully, and peacefully. If you'd like to explore my work further, go to App Store and download and try InnerMap app for free, or simply visit mitramanesh.com. This episode is about being with family or family members mindfully and peacefully. At the time of this recording, we are in the midst of COVID-19 outbreak, and we may be spending more than usual long period of times with, with our family members. So I thought this is a great opportunity for me to talk about potential ways that we can resolve, grow, and become more mindful in this particular part of our lives. I love meditation, and it's great to read and quote mindful statements, but really mindfulness to me is of value when we can bring it home, sometimes literally, and and really use it in a practical way. I'm going to be talking about two categories. One are the obstacles, three obstacles, and three healing remedies for our relationship and interactions with our family members. For past 35 years, I have watched my clients, students to really either tell me or show me if they come with their family members to my office, how sometimes dysfunctional our relationship can be in our families, even though we may be quite versed in other parts of our lives, but family members usually and family relations are usually the most challenging one. Not always, but usually. And I'm going to talk about three main obstacles, and there are many. These are the ones that stand out for me that I have observed. The obstacle number one actually resides in the word itself, familiar. We seem to feel too familiar with our family members. And by that, I mean that we assume a sense of knowing and our knowing sometimes is quite ancient and and old. So we may know them as they were 10 years ago or even 10 days ago, but we're not seeing how they are progressing. So that familiarity, even though it's a beautiful and sort of a secure thing to have when people know us, it can also become an obstacle to our change and the new way of being. So do you know me right now is the question. I may have been certain way, but do you know me now? Because we are all changing and evolving beings. And when there is no room for seeing our growth, it's very difficult. And it might not even be growth. It may be going backwards. I'm not saying it's always positive. 
But do you know me now is the question. I know you've known me or maybe all my life, if you're a family member, or maybe you've known me for a long time, but do you know me now? And that familiarity becomes an obstacle. I noticed that was a very interesting opportunity for me. We had a family reunion uh, a few years ago, and all cousins and, and aunts and some uncles, uh, we all gathered in one city in North America, and everybody came there. And it was fascinating that within minutes, literally from minutes, everybody took their old role on exactly as how I remembered it. It was like, wow, it's like deja vu of, I don't know, like 20 years later. That was fascinating. It was like we could almost feel that that was the expectation, that if I was the helper, I became the helper right away. If I was the joker, I started telling jokes. If I was the whatever it was, we took that role. And it didn't mean that nobody had changed, but it was just we had remembered our roles. The problem is that other people also remember our roles. And as great and feeling safe and secure in having something from the past this one brings, it also stops us from either being or being seen as a person, as a being that is always evolving and changing. So that's our obstacle number one, being familiar. The obstacle number two, again, lives in the vocabulary that we use. My children, my mother, my partner. We use it because that's how we speak, and I have no objections to that. But there comes a sense of hidden ownership. If you asked me, I will never, ever admit it outwardly that, yes, of course, I think I own my children. Intellectually, we will all say no to that. But the fact is, energetically we and practically, we act as if we have an ownership towards a person. And that's a very unhealthy way of being with anybody because every person is a free human being and they may happen to have a certain relationship with me, but I do not own anyone. There's a lot of objections to this one because people say, no, I don't have that. But I just want you to be open to any signs, as small as they may be, in, in your interactions with others when we go into the healing and uh, the remedy of this. So the second one is ownership. Now, let me take you to the third one, which is actually more destructive and obvious in people's relationships and interactions. And that is, because I feel like I'm familiar with you and I know you, and because there's that hidden feeling that I sort of own some part of you at least, then it forms in my head a very strong agenda for you. And believe me, most of the time, we do it in the name of love. I love you. I care for you. And there comes a very strong agenda. I want you to look certain way. I want you to do certain things. I want you to choose a particular partner in your life. So it's a very strong agenda, but it's a hidden agenda. And it shows up in most of our conversations with that particular person. 
And I see it, I hear it, I feel it, but most people that are uttering it are not aware of it. <laughs> I'm saying this, I'm very aware of other people's agendas, but I, every now and then I notice my very loud, strong, solidified, thick agenda for my loved ones. So being aware of that agenda and knowing that that agenda might be the main obstacle for a healthy interaction with our loved ones. So the three obstacles are being uh, having a sense of knowing and familiarity that belongs to past and it might not be current, two, having a hidden sense of ownership, and three, as a result, having an agenda for the health and the wealth and happiness of our loved one. Now, allow me to go to the remedy and the healing suggestions that I have for this. The number one suggestion is, of course, as it is for everything else, is awareness. Bringing awareness to a sense of maybe imbalanced or unhealthy way of connecting with our loved ones. And please note, this awareness is only for your own patterns and behavior. Because when I suggest that, people go and say, yes, I was very aware of what he, she, they were doing. And I say, no, I'm sorry, I should have very clearly communicated that by awareness, I mean awareness of your patterns, your behavior, the way you connect with your loved ones. So bringing a sense of awareness to how I am, how do I show up, and what are the areas that I may be not really showing up in a healthy way. It could be any of the three things that I mentioned, or it could be something beyond that. As long as you're aware where the unhealthy sort of patterns reside, that's great. Number two remedy is bringing a sense of curiosity to your relationship with them. Curiosity, I'm a great fan of curiosity, by the way. I think curiosity is an opportunity to get to know someone. Curiosity says, I don't know, or maybe I don't know fully, but I'm interested to know. It has a sense of openness, a sense of, please let me know. This is exactly opposite of judgment, or as I said, agendafulness, which says, I know, I'm right, and here you are, you better go and change. So judgment and agendafulness impose, and curiosity asks and wants to know. This allows us to really experience our loved ones as they are and how they are, and leaving room for any changes that they have really accomplished or would like to accomplish. So that's number two. Number three is, of course, now that I am aware and now that I'm curious, I get to know myself and my behavior. I get to know you and where you're at. Whoa, there's a lot of objections happening right now to myself or to you. And it's important that we bring a sense of acceptance into the whole dance that we do with our loved ones. And believe me, this is always a dance. What we're doing with this dance is that we're changing the music through mindfulness. Acceptance is a hard one. People always say, well, what do you mean accept? I don't agree with that. And I say, well, you can disagree with something, but still accept it. Acceptance is very different than agreement. 
Acceptance means what's happening is happening, the facts of the matter, and I will act from that knowing of what is happening. Because when we don't accept what's happening, then we move forward unknowingly. It's like we're moving in the dark and objecting to something that is a fact and it is there. So in this context, acceptance means seeing the fact of our dance with our family members. And my suggestion to you is that do it one by one. Maybe pick one family member, perhaps the least charged one, and watch yourself, observe yourself, become aware of your patterns, bring curiosity to it, and see if you can accept them as they are, not as how you want them to be or how you think they should be. There's a huge difference between them. I am the way I am. And believe me, I remember how um, unusual, I suppose, was as a child. Uh, my thoughts, my the way I was looking at life was, in my view at least, a little bit different. And, and I really always uh, give credit to my mother in this particular area that she was open to that you know, diversity that I held. It was unusual, both in the community and in my family, but I was allowed in this sense to be me. And at that age, I'm using this word of allowance is very important because we don't have a say as a child. So allowance is extremely important. And acceptance in this collective sense that I'm using brings a sense of allowance. I see that you are an individual with your own journey, with your own difficulties, with your own mistakes. And and I respect that by accepting it. So a few points before I receive um, objections. One is that all this talk, even though some of it applies to underage children, is different discussion. And secondly, I am not suggesting that you should never bring your uh, wisdom or experience into the dance of, of your family members and dance with your family members. I'm just saying there is not much you can do if they are not open to changing and hearing. And then you sound like a broken record. And if anything, it does more damage than help to your relationship with them. What I'm suggesting is if, and that's a huge capital I, capital F, bolded and underlined if, if they are open to change, it will only will happen and you can only influence that change if you are showing them, not telling them. By you bringing awareness to you, by you inviting curiosity to your dance with your family members, and by you really respecting their journey and allowing them, accepting them to be who they are, you may open a door for them to come and connect with you in a different way and ask you and maybe even take into consideration what you have to tell them. But if they are closed and if your relationship is unhealthy, if there is any influence that you have in their lives, I can guarantee it's a negative influence that brings unhealthy music to the dance of your family. 
This is Mitra Minesh wishing you a healthy family relationship. Hope this episode answered the question or two for you or provoked and inspired questions in you. I'm so grateful you showed up and listened up. Until the next time, be well and stay curious.